0: You can turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Uh, today, we are wrapping up our, uh, our sermon series on values, on values of, of our church. And our hope is that these values mark us as a church family. Um, so, the value that we're thinking about today is that we are participants. Uh, we want to be participants in God's kingdom work. We want to be participants wherever the Spirit is leading us. We want to be participants uh, every time we gather as a church family, whether it's the whole, the whole church or, or even in smaller groups. Um, it's easy in our culture to uh, go, go to a church on a Sunday, go to a service, uh, we can engage with the music, engage with the sermon, and whatever else is is going on. Whatever else is planned in the service, we can engage with people before and after the service, and then head out the doors, get in our car, and just kind of check off the church box for uh, the week. But the Bible, man, the Bible doesn't call us to to be the church in that way. The Bible calls us to to really be participants uh, in the church, in in the life of the church. And in his kingdom work. Uh, there's a difference, and I'm sure you know this, but, but I want to say it. There's a difference between belonging to a church and going to a church, right? You can go every week to church. You, you can maybe recognize faces, know some names, but still keep people at arm's length. And, and not really be a part of the church. But to participate in a church family, it means that you're known it means that you know others and I know that that takes some time we, we have a lot of newer people and, and you can attest that it takes time to get to know uh, other people and, and it's not to say that, that you know everyone and everyone knows you right we are all uh, limited relationally in, in how many how many people we can really know well it's it's a it's a small Handful, so I don't mean that you know everyone that everyone knows you, but one who belongs to a church, right? One who is who's in the life of a church is known. So we're primarily going to be in Romans twelve this morning, and and we're going to, if you think Romans twelve, maybe know exactly where I'm going, right? In verse four, he gives us this illustration of the body, um, and, and this illustration of the body and the different members using their gifts is. Uh, it's brilliant, of course. <laughs> That's why Paul used it. Um, but before we get to verse 4, I don't want to miss what verses 1 through 3 have for us. And They, they may not seem to you like they, they, like there's this direct connection to being participants in God's kingdom, but, but I think these verses are really quite critical for all of Christian living. So I do want to spend some time there, but we'll, we'll be brief in verses 1 through 3. So let's jump in. Verse, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers... By the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So we, we have to understand this truth right here because it, it goes against our American individualism, right? That we are not our own. We're called to throw our whole selves up on that altar so if you've trusted in Jesus, that means you've given yourself to him, right? You've surrendered all of who you are to all of who he is. We don't just get to use Jesus in order to uh, experience some spiritual benefits, right? To get some peace in our life where we're stressed or, or for him to help us with, with this situation when we're really hurting uh, and then we kind of leave him when we want to. No, we give all of who we are to Jesus because he's totally worthy, He's totally worthy, and he's given himself for us, right? Laying down his life to save ours. First Corinthians 6.20, Paul says, For you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Right? Being a Christian is offering yourself to Jesus, holding nothing back. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. It's critical that we submit our minds to Christ. And when I say that, don't hear me say that we shut off our minds, right? That, that, that we're not critical thinkers. No, I mean the exact opposite. Um, instead of being swayed by culture or, or others around us, uh, it, it's like what Paul says in 2 Corinthians, that we take every thought captive to obey Christ. So we humbly come to the Lord and we say, Lord, how do I think about this topic, right? Like, God, how do I think about this money that you've trusted me with? Or Lord, how do I think through relationships, right? How do I think through, through my family members or, or, or this dating relationship or, or marriage? Or how do I think through parenting like, like you want me to think, God? Or, or how do I think through work, and my career? How do I think through retirement? How do I think through leisure? How do I think through the latest news event in the world? God, I want to submit all of this to you, God, so I need you to show me how do you see this, and will you shape my thinking? I need you, Lord, to reshape how I think about all of these things. Right? We know that it can be really hard to convince someone else uh, of something else, but, man, it's even harder to convince ourselves because we think that we are right in our thinking. So before we can get into participating in God's kingdom, we need to make sure that our, our very thoughts are submitted to Jesus. We've got to more and more let God search our thoughts and lead us in what is true. So we, we check what we believe against Scripture, Right? We meditate on His Word, not not just a drive-by. Right, the daily verse is is okay. That's fine. It's better than nothing. But man, we need to we need to let God's Word saturate our, our very being, because we come we come to Scripture with all these presuppositions. Right, we presuppose what what these words mean, but we need to understand, okay, God, what are you saying here? What what have you always been saying here? God, show me what you mean because I want to be shaped by you in my thinking, Lord. I want to be shaped by you in my heart. So if we're to be participants in God's kingdom, we must be shaped by his word. Verse 3 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith, that God has assigned, and we we certainly can't skip over this because all of us, our default thinking is to think more highly of ourselves than, than we should, right? We are all... We're all susceptible to pride. We all need to be battling pride all the time, right? This is why self-help will always be big business. This is why there will always be new personality assessments, right? And I, man, I love personality assessments. Like I've taken so many, I geek out on them and maybe you're that way too. And we, we do that because we love to hear about ourselves. We'd love to know why this thing about us is so awesome and how to maximize it, right? I don't know if you fall into that, but I can easily fall into these tasks just telling me all the good stuff. Maybe I ignore the bad stuff, but all the good stuff about myself. But instead, Paul says, where do you use sober judgment? Right? Sober judgment tells us we haven't arrived and we want this side of heaven. Sober judgment reminds me I, I've got some pretty big faults. Sober judgment uh, re- tells us that, that actually there are things about us that are kind of irritating to other people and annoying. Right? Sober judgment tells us we have weaknesses. Sober judgment humbles us. It, 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 it takes us off of any kind of pedestal that, that we might be tempted to put ourselves on. And we'll get into uh, the gifts in verse four here in a minute. And when, when we do, we see God's wisdom and design for those gifts, but also uh, by design and by his wisdom, uh, he's given us limits, right? God has given us all massive gaps in our abilities. So you might be really good at, at, at this particular thing in life or, or in, in ministry or in the life of church, but wow, you can't do this other thing that is so basic for that brother or sister in Christ. And this is all by God's design, right? He's designed us that that we would have these, these, these strengths and these weaknesses. He did this so that we would need one another so that he would be glorified in us coming together and working together. So, as we think about being participants in God's kingdom work, we see that God has designed it so that we need each other. The, the, the church family, the body of Christ needs each other. Our participation in God's kingdom work uh, means that we're we're working with others right i think about um, our, our workplaces that we all go to throughout the week um, I, i'm married to a teacher so i think about uh, i think about her career and, and i know i know we have multiple teachers in in our church and and all of you want to want to be a light in your school right you're, you're in a public school and and you want to you want to be a light there for Christ and and one of the first things that any of us should do in our workplace if we if we're if we're trying to be like to others, trying to point others to Jesus, is we need to pray for some other believers to partner with. Man, I know Lynn's at her school. She prays with some other Christian teachers in her school. And they, you know, they go through the day on their own. But, but man, once a week or so, or however often they do it, they come together and they pray, right? God has made us with this, this need um, to work with one another, to have one another. This last phrase in verse three is really interesting. It says, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And I just find that to be curious. Like, why, God? Why did you give different measures of faith? Clearly, this too is by his design, right? He doesn't just max us all out with, with, uh, with faith. Right? He gives us different measures of faith. And the more I think about it, the more I'm convinced that he does this, uh, he also does this so that we need each other. Right? If you've been following Jesus for some time, you've experienced this, right? You're struggling in your faith, whatever's going on in life. And in this particular time, even though you know the right doctrine, right? You know, you know the right words, you know the scripture, but man, you're struggling. And then there comes along that brother or sister in Christ that helps encourage you, that helps carry you. And you know what this is like, right? I experience this all the time in marriage with my wife, Lynn's. Right, there are times where, where I'll be so discouraged about whatever and I just feel weary and beaten down and she doesn't say these words, but, but through her actions and her words, she says, come on, I'll carry you. I have enough faith right now for the both of us, right? And then weeks later, months later, the roles reverse, it, it flip-flops and, and then I'm the one carrying her. Man, it is such a great privilege to have faith in God that can help encourage a brother or sister, right? That can buoy their faith and we all, at different points, will have different moments where our faith is, is struggling. Like I said, we might know the right answers, but, but man, we're discouraged. We're doubting, it. can God really do this? Will he really show up this time? And we need that brother, sister in Christ that will help carry us along, that will help remind us of who our God is. So what I see in God giving different measures of faith to us individually, it's his design in us needing one another. It forces this this interdependence within the body of Christ. God has so designed it that we work together in this participation in the body, each one of us just bringing to the table what God has given us. Verse 4. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. I, I just don't know if there could be a better illustration than what Paul gives us here to illustrate how the church is to function together. Are there are many members, different members have different functions, but we come together and we make this, this one body. Right, so we've got ears, there's, there's, there's toes, there's thumbs, there's ligaments, bones, all these muscles working together as one. We have different functions and they matter. And I know for some of you, you hear that, you read that in scripture, you know that that is true and yet it's hard to believe that for yourself. You feel like I don't know what my purpose is in my church. You feel like an appendix. Uh, I'm pretty sure we still don't know why in the world God gave us an appendix. If if we did find that out, you can tell me later. Don't tell me right now. Um, But know this: like if that's you, if you struggle to to figure out where you fit, man. You've got to know the moment you place your faith in Jesus, right? the moment you confess that Jesus is Lord, that he died for your sins, that you, you needed him to forgive you of sin, at that moment that you place your faith in him, you have a place in his church family, in, in the body. Uh, you have a function. Paul tells us that many in the body make up the body of Christ, uh, and, and you have a place in the family. You have a function. So are you involved in the church body? The way Paul pictures it here for us. And, and yes, it, it takes time, right? When when you join a church, it takes time to get into the life of the church. And for some personalities, it's easier just to, to jump in. For others, it, it it's more like a, a crock pot rather than those people that are just like microwaves ready to go. Um, but over time, over time, as you're in a church, as you belong to a church, do you find ways? and places to join in the body, to participate, right? And by that, I just mean being who God made you to be, um, right? If you're, if you're a nose, God isn't asking you to be a toe, right? If you're a finger, he's not telling you, uh, you need to be more like a rib. No, God created you uh, the way he did on purpose in his wisdom, And so it looks different for different people, right? There's some people that will be up front, like Kristen. Uh, We we recognize Kristen's really good at announcements. She's good on a mic. So we we ask her to do it maybe too much. I don't know. Some of you never want to be on a microphone. I've had people very clearly express that to me. And I I will not be mean to you and make you do that. Um, So some have roles that maybe never get seen. Right. Maybe they're never even like an official role that, that we've mapped out in, in how we function as a church, but but man, by God's Spirit, He's just He's leading you to go. Right. And do and fill this role. Right? I know so many of you are so good at spotting people on a Sunday that it's their first time here. Or or you recognize when when nobody's talking to those people and you're like, okay, this is awkward for me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm I'm gonna go out of my way. Right. So many of you are, are encouragers. I know that there are a lot of you. you just send texts to different people in our church throughout the week, or, or some of you actually send cards right through snail mail. That's a lost art nowadays. Um, I, I remember early in in lockdown, uh, Jim Clapp, and I, I don't know if you guys, if everyone knows Jim's name, but Jim's in the back there. He rides the scooter. Um, early in lockdown, uh, he called me up and, and he said, Greg, I'm going to call all the old people in our church, and I'm, I'm going to encourage them. And I, I love the called them old people. I don't know what he was saying about himself there. So Jim, I'm not calling you old, but, um, but Jim's been in that scooter for a long time. And I'm guessing, I'm guessing that it feel, he feels pretty limited, right? That, that he, can't, he can't get around like he used to. But, but during lockdown, he saw a need, right? No one told him to do it, or sorry, none of us told him to do it, but I do assume the Holy Spirit was nudging him and saying, Jim, this is what you can do. This is how you can be a part of this body right now. And Jim, Jim said, yes. All right. And I, and I keep giving examples. I should probably stop because I actually don't want to limit uh, our, our imagination, right, is it, how God might use us because I am so limited in, in how I imagine God uses us. But over and over again, Paul tells us, we've got a place, right? We have a place, we have roles, we have giftings. He, he says, uh, he says that, that we're to walk in the Spirit, right? that we're to be Spirit-dependent, Spirit-responsive people. Last week uh, at Harvest Life, um, we, were, we were discussing the Holy Spirit, and we were talking about, for, for that group of people, so many of us have, have been a part of churches that, that I think are probably nervous about spiritual gifts being uh, misused and abused, that, that, that the pendulum swings so far the other way, that, that gifts maybe are ignored, or the Holy Spirit is ignored. And certainly we don't want to abuse gifts. uh, Or a positive way to say it is is what we do want to do is we want to worship God, the gift giver, and, and not the gifts. But man, we want to walk in step with the Spirit. We want to come to the Spirit and say, use me. Use me however you want. You're the one that designed me. Use me. And part of that means that we're praying regularly. And if you don't do this yet, I would encourage you before you come to a harvest gathering, whether it's Sunday morning or, or a Bible study uh, or, or soup and bread dinner tonight, spend even just a moment and, and say, Lord, like, it, I, I want to be an offering to you. W- would you use me? Would you help me to be a minister to my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? And, and God, would you send ministers to me as well? Right? Because we are all in this together. But I encourage you to, to pray. Maybe it's even on the way, uh, Sunday morning, to pray a, as a family that, that God's, God would be a, at work in us, that we would be sensitive to the Spirit. We would just say, God, I'm yours. Please, please help me to be sensitive to you. Um, we, we've had multiple Sundays in the past few months where we've had a prayer team um, up uh, towards the end of our service. Um, and, and my long-term goal for, for the prayer team would actually be that we don't need one because we're all just ready to pray for each other, right? That, that we're, we're, we're ready like before or after church or whenever it is that, that we're talking with another believer that, that they're sharing something. And we realize this is big. This, this is hard for them. This is a big deal. And just, just offering right there on the spot, like, hey, can I pray for you? Or, 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 or even being so bold as to ask someone, would you pray for me? I would love it if we don't actually need a prayer team because we're all just ready to pray. But every believer has a place in the body. Right? Every one of us is a minister in the body of Christ. It's not like a sports team where, where only the top athletes make the team. And, and then the top of the top, they, they're the ones that, that, that get to actually play in the game. And, and the rest of us are cheering from the sidelines. It's not like that in the body of Christ. It's actually more like the school band. Uh, I, I was a band nerd in uh, middle school and high school. Um, and in band, obviously, everyone has their instrument. Everyone has their parts, and, and every part actually matters. Um, I'm going to show you a, a video. I've used I've used uh, I've used this video, or not this exact video, but a video like this before, to to illustrate, um, maybe even actually for this passage, um, the body of Christ. But this video is of the Ohio State marching band, um, and you can crank up the music there. So. I'm not an Ohio State fan, right? I don't don't like the Buckeyes at all, but their marching band is one of the best in the world. So this is their Top Gun themed show right there. Like you can see that F-15, F-16, whatever it is. Absolutely amazing. What, what these men and women can do. So I was in marching band and our director decided that we were gonna be in the field show competitions. Obviously, we were never uh, as, as good as them. Um, but it took a ton of work, right? And it, ta- it takes the Ohio State band, like I don't know how much they practice to get all of their routines down, but they have all these different shows that they perform at halftime. Right? Isn't that amazing? Like that is that is amazing. You can Google. There's tons of them out there. They have different shows. I think for every game, it, it's pretty incredible. But for us, when I was in high school, we started uh, we started in the summer when the football team was was doing their daily doubles. We had band camp, right? which is just as nerdy as it sounds. Um, uh, when I found out I had to go to band camp, I'm like, I'm way cooler than that, which was not true. Um, but then once school started, right, then we had practice after school every day. And, and um, we didn't do stuff like, they, like Ohio State does. But, but it, it was pretty amazing what everyone could do when you came together and, and played their part. And every part mattered, right? It mattered musically. It certainly mattered visually. Uh, when you're one of the band members, um, it, like we, we saw the perspective like up high in the stadium, but when you're uh, one of the band members on the field, like you can only kind of see what's happening from your perspective, right? And you know where you're supposed to be and, and by what measure, right? You know how many steps it is to your next spot and where that is on the football field, but you don't have the perspective that we just had of the entire band. And I just think, man, isn't that what life is like? Isn't that what church life is like, right? You, you can't see a lot of times exactly what God is doing. Maybe you can see glimpses uh, at at certain moments, but, but from your perspective, maybe you can't even tell if it's going well, like what you're doing, how you're participating in the body. But man, I'm telling you, when everyone plays their part, when everyone's participating, right? When the flutes are executing their part and the drum lines not only marching but keeping the beat and the, the sousaphones are lugging around those giant marching tubas and the trumpets are screaming out their part. It is beautiful. And, and so it is in the body of Christ when, when all the parts of the body are working together. Right? In, in the Ohio State band, like we saw the finished product there. They, they didn't start looking like that. And I bet if they were to watch it, they could see things that, that were wrong. Let's go to verse 6. Paul says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, he says, Let us use them. And, and there, uh, everyone in Christ, right? every believer is, is gifted Spiritually and you can go to a a few different places in scripture. Uh, Romans 12, we'll we'll read part of the list Um, that's in Romans 12 in a little bit. Uh, First Corinthians 12 has a list. First Peter four, Ephesians four, they all have these uh, lists where we can read about different spiritual gifts, but I don't think that those lists are exhaustive, meaning that that they have every gift out there listed that that God gives. Um, And and at least one reason I think that is uh, because in scripture we see when the Israelites are making the tabernacle um, that, that God gifts these these two men uh, to uh, in, in artistry to make the tabernacle uh, beautiful right to make it a place that that drew hearts and minds to think of the throne room of heaven right that's what the tabernacle was to point to and these two they were gifted in that way and that's not listed in any of those New Testament lists but every Christian is gifted not not one of us has been left out and Paul says let us use these gifts first Peter uh, 410 says the same thing as each has received a gift use it to serve one another right these gifts are to build up the body of Christ back to Romans 12:6 so he says having gifts that differ according to the uh, grace given to us let us use them and then he lists off some gifts if prophecy in proportion to our faith if service in our serving the one who teaches in his teaching the one who exhorts in his exhortation the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Use your gifts. Participate in the body. And the best way, if you don't know what your gift is, the best way to learn what your gifts are is to jump in. It's right, to just participate in the body, to serve in ministry, whether it's a formal, official position or not. I think spiritual gift assessments are fine, but they're not perfect. Right? They, they can actually limit us because the, the assessment tells us, like, oh, this is your gifting, when, when really it, the assessment was off because it's, it's flawed. Um, they can be okay, but I really think the best way is to just jump in. And, and when you jump in, you're gonna figure out like, yep, not gifted at that thing at at all. I, I looked I looked for good videos of marching band blunders, which they're I didn't know if it'd be funny to you. It was really funny to me as a band guy. Because um, like it, it happens, right? Like you get those xylophones marching backwards. All it takes is one to fall. And pretty soon you got this pile up. And I was laughing really hard in my office. Alyssa's like, what is going on in there? Um, but but when, when someone stumbles, right? Not, not just in band, but, but in the body of Christ, man, it impacts everyone. We, we are interdependent. We are interconnected. Um, if someone doesn't show up, right? in the band, they've got to compensate. Uh, physically, um, when, you're, when, when a part of your body suffers, like, like it impacts the whole body. Right now, I've got this hip thing going on. My left hip for like three months has been hurting me off and on. And I, and I think I'm just in denial. Like I'm way too young to have like hip issues. So I haven't even called my doctor yet. Um, but just just a couple days ago, like I realized like, man, now my left knee hurts. And I'm sure... I'm sure it's because I'm compensating for this stupid pain in my left hip, and I just need to go to my doctor and hopefully get some PT. Um, but man, my, my hip impacts the rest of my body as I favor that. Right? And, I, and I tell you that to say that, that each Christian is, is a critical part, a critical participant in the body of Christ. When someone in the church body doesn't participate, others have to step in, right? Or, or, or that role doesn't get fulfilled, right? There, there's a negative impact. And like I mentioned a few weeks ago, right, there are different seasons, right? And we'll have different capacities in different seasons. So there'll be seasons where you can do way more than some others in the body, right? Maybe, maybe uh, man, maybe you're retired, or maybe, maybe you're just out of college and, and, and you haven't started your career yet. Or maybe, maybe you're single right now. Or, or maybe your kids just all uh, are all out of the house now and you've got more time. But there, there are times when you have less time, right? They're, they're uh, stay-at-home parents right now. Your kids are, are little or, or you're homeschooling or whatever it is. And, man, they, they need so much attention. And your ministry right now is to them. Or, or maybe, it's, maybe it's something in your career or, or your business, or maybe you've got a family member that needs medical attention, right? There are different seasons where we have different capacities to participate, but there's always a role. There's always a place. Maybe it won't be um, as, as, as often or in an official capacity, but, but there are places to serve. And yes, our church is like every church, right? We, we have needs, right? We've got, we've got needs back in the kids' classes. And thank you to everyone who has stepped up uh, to teach kids' classes. But we still, we, we have some needs there. Uh, we have needs in, in youth ministry. We have our sound techs. We've got two sound techs, and they're troopers. Man, we're going to burn them out eventually, I'm afraid. Like, we need, we need other people to say, yeah, I'll, I'll help with that. Or, or our live stream guys, it's, it's Alex and Ian every week, and they've been doing it that way for years. Like, there, there are ways to participate, um, and ways that are needed. And, and I realize that, that, that during different seasons, maybe you can't participate in those same ways that, that you would love to, but, but there will be a time when you can. Right? Maybe, maybe, maybe God just lays a person on your heart. That, that you just realize the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is leading you to be that person's encourager. You're going to be like that person's prayer warrior, right? So maybe every, every Tuesday on your commute, like you're praying for them. And you send them a text and say, hey, man, I just want you to know I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you. God's put you on my heart. If there's anything specific, let me know. And, and I guarantee you I'm going to pray for it on Tuesdays on my way to work and on my way home. Or, or maybe you just see uh, a brother, sister in Christ, and 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 you wanna you wanna invite him out for a walk or for coffee or I don't know to go do something that 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 you could enjoy together. I was thinking. Uh, as I was thinking about being participants, I was reminded of uh, the story of Jesus feeding the five thousand uh, plus plus their their, their families uh, as well. Uh, I was thinking of the John six account. Um, if you don't know it, that's all right. All, all these people. Uh, They came out to see Jesus. Jesus went to this desolate place trying to actually get away, and and the the people hear where he is, right? And they want to see him heal. They they want to hear him teach. So this crowd, this huge crowd comes out, and and so Jesus heals, and, and Jesus teaches, and the day is winding down. Um, and the people, they, they rushed out there without a plan, so nobody, nobody brought or food with them, right? Everyone's going to get hungry, and, and Jesus obviously knows what's going to happen. He asked his disciples, like, hey, where can we buy food? Uh, for all these people to eat. And, and John tells us that Jesus knew what he was about to do, but, but he's, he's getting them thinking, right? He's, he's, he's testing their hearts, like, are they going to trust me? Are they going to look to me? Um, and one of the disciples said, Jesus, even if we had a lot of money, like even if we had like 200 denarii, like, we couldn't buy enough bread with that to feed all these people. you you got to just send them home so they can buy their own food. And Jesus said, well, what do we have? Another disciple comes up um, with with these uh, five loaves of bread and a couple of fish from this boy, and Jesus gives gives thanks to God. He, he starts breaking the bread. And the fish, he distributes it to the disciples. And, and, and people were, were seated in like, uh, groups of like 50 and 100. And, and the disciples are going out and they're, they're passing out the bread and the fish, right? Until they run out and they go back to Jesus. They get more and they go out until everybody has not just some, but enough, right? So much so that they had, they had leftovers. And, and there, are, there are a lot of reasons to love this miracle. But I want to I make two connections with us participating the first is like 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 the boy with the loaves and fish we just come to Jesus and we say here's here's what i have All right this is what you've given me here's what i have lord use it however you want All right we don't come to Jesus like like i so often find myself in my prayers like telling the lord how he should do something as if he needs my suggestions right no, no we we come to him and say lord here you go like, use this, what you've given me, you, use my gifts, use my personality, use everything about me in whatever way you want. Because, Jesus, I can't figure out how to make this work, but I know, I know that you can. The second is I love the, the picture of the disciples coming to Jesus, right, getting the bread, getting the, the fish, and then going out and distributing it, right, to the people and then when they run out, what do they do? They run right back to Jesus and they get more and they go out again. Like they're ministering, they're participating. Jesus is the one that's supplying everything that they need. They keep coming back to Jesus. So we'll wrap up with this. How are you participating in God's kingdom work? Right? How are you participating in the body of Christ? Are there barriers that keep you from participating or I should probably say what are the barriers that keep you from participating a couple times in the last several weeks we've talked about our our lives are full right is your life too full to participate in the work that God has you uh, for you to do right with with teenagers like there's so many awesome things that they can do and and I, I tell my kids well you got to make a choice. Like you, you cannot do both of those things that are happening at the exact same time. You got to make a choice, and it's true for us as adults. There's a lot we can do, and we can cram our schedules so full that we actually don't have room to to be ministers of the gospel. Another uh, another barrier might be that that you see other people in the body of Christ and how they're gifted, and, and you play this comparison game, and you think, "Man, I'm I'm not that." I can't. I can't do what they can do. In 1 Corinthians twelve, uh, Paul Paul says, like, the ear can't say, "Ah, oh, I just I just want to be an eye, right?" Or, or, or I'd rather be, I'd rather be the big toe, right? We can't compare ourselves. We need to trust that God knows what He is doing. Another barrier might just be selfishness, right? Do you, do you just want to do what you want to do, and, and not what God is calling you to? Uh, one more barrier, and there, there are probably tons of others, but one more barrier that, that I've just grown more aware of in the last several years is ha- have you been burned yeah, in a church experience? Maybe it's our church, maybe it's another church that you came from, but are you still licking your wounds because you got hurt, right? And, and, and maybe it completely was the other person's fault, I don't know. But, but is that what's keeping you from, from joining in with what God's calling you to do? and if so, I'd encourage you, if that's you, I'd encourage you to just have an honest conversation with the Lord and say, okay, God, I'm still hurting. I'm afraid, or I'm bitter, or whatever it is, but God, I, I can sense that you're, you're actually nudging me to serve in this way. You're, you're nudging me to use my gifts. Will you help me to trust you, God? So in what ways are you participating in your church family Are you using the gifts that God has given? And I don't mean for any of this to be a guilt trip, right? The Holy Spirit might convict us, but but I'm not trying to guilt you here. I hope that this is an invitation, right, to say that everyone has a place here. Everyone has a place in the body of Christ. Everyone has a part to play. We all get to be participants in God's kingdom. Would you pray with me? Jesus, uh, I do... I marvel at how you gift each one of us, Lord. Um, I, too many times in 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 my life, in in being a part of a church, uh, I've just seen you over and over again provide people with with a gifting that just matches exactly what we need when we didn't know where it would come from, Lord. We we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, and I, uh, Lord, I, I want to be. I want to be a part of a church that, um, man, that everybody's in. That, that, like, that, like that marching band, we're all, we're all going for it. We're all playing our parts. We're, we're trusting that you know exactly what you're doing as you orchestrate, um, orchestrate how you've composed us and, and the, the, the ministries you've given us to do as a church family. Jesus, we, we love you, Lord. We want to glorify you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.